All right, here we are. Welcome to the Golf Podcast Live with Michael Bleakley and yours truly, Raphael Calamat. This is a very special, special edition of the Golf Podcast Live. We have a guest. His name is Mark Zacchino from Golf Talk Canada, TSN Golf, and PGA Tour Radio Live. Mark, welcome to the show. Guys, thanks for having me. Uh, it was what an exciting week in golf. This is a good time to chat, I guess, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What a crazy weekend. Your first take, obviously, you walked 18 holes for four days uh, covering what seems to be the greatest Canadian Open since the year 2000. Uh, you know, I've attended a dozen since then, and I can't remember the crowds and the people just cheering on McElroy our newfound son of golf. And, um, you know, with, with Finau and Thomas and Burns and Rose in the mix, it really put Liv in the rearview mirror for a little while because your thoughts, not only on Liv, but let's start with the Canadian Open. Your experience and what you thought about the Canadian Open well, this year. You know, the interesting thing about the comparison to 2000, you know, 2000 is kind of on our radar in my opinion, because of one individual, because, you know, Tiger Woods shows up, wins the championship, wins it in the same year as the U S open and open championship to match what Lee Trevino did decades before and does it with a, a historic golf shot uh, from the bunker adjacent to the 18th fairway there at Glen Abbey. What happened in 2019 and then what happened this weekend to me is, yes, you've got Royal, Rory McIlroy as Canada's adopted son, to your point, which it seems to be the way this has gone. And yes, he is the biggest star in the game outside of Tiger Woods. So we have all that. But I think there's other moving parts here that make this better. I think the size of galleries, the supporting cast. Look at that final group on Sunday with Tony Finau. And Justin they couldn't script it better. 100%. And you've got Justin Rose threatening to break 60, you know, an hour ahead of them. And Sam Burns, who's won three times on the PGA Tour this year, putting four rounds in the 60s and cut coming at them. I think with all due respect to Glenn Abbey, which I thought was a, a wonderful tournament golf course. If you remove the world word tournament from the venue and just go golf course to golf course, there's no comparison. You know, St. Mm -hmm. George's is a much superior golf course, as is Hamilton. So I think um, there's so much at play here um, that that and, and hold on. You know, something else we haven't even discussed is, <laughs> you know, in two in 2000, with all due respect to everybody involved, there was Mike Weir, Stephen Ames, and that it kind of ended there. Yeah, yeah. And we had twenty Canadians in the field this week, and, and so and that also made it before the week even started. There was this great hope that maybe this was the year. So I think there's so many things at play here that make this such an exceptional Canadian Open and and possibly the best ever. Um, to your other point, Raphael. At the beginning of the week, we were getting dragged into the live hole, and we really had no choice. I mean, there was so much news breaking. There, there was so much controversy. Everyone has a passionate opinion about this, so you can't avoid it. 
uh, TSN was on the, on the grounds every day. We were doing Golf Talk Canada, mon, uh, ra our radio version of Golf Talk Canada. We were doing Monday through Friday. We did our TV version as well. But then they, we were also getting pulled into the other shows because everybody wants to talk golf. Yeah. And from Monday to Wednesday, it was unfortunate, but 80% of the conversation was a live conversation. Now that started to change once the ball got in the ground Thursday and real shots were hitting and the Canadian Open certainly changed the narrative and the focus. But in the beginning of the week, to your point, it was live, 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 live. What's it look like? What's it sound like? The awkward, uncomfortable press conferences. Would yeah. you play golf for Vladimir Putin if he had a tournament tomorrow? You know, where do you draw your moral line, your compass, yada, yada, yada. And then the other names rumored to go. And then the other names that were official to go. I mean, it was an ever-ending flood of news. Uh, and I think it's going to take a lot of the spotlight away from the U.S. Open as well this week because I just caught now. I just sat down for the day about an hour ago and caught. I was watching the Phil Mickelson press conference. Yeah. Horribly uncomfortable. Yes. No one will answer an actual they, – they won't a actually answer a question – because yeah. the, the answer to the question, and I would almost have more respect for them if they just give me a thought, just gave me an honest answer. You know yeah. what? You know, no one supports uh, human rights violations. I Obviously, everyone in the world was affected by 9-11. I'm sympathetic to the people, the families that, that were represented in the letter. Like they say the same thing, but if they just ended it with the truth, yeah, it's none about the money. Yeah. None of it is as important to me as the money they've given me. Absolutely. Look, yeah. we talked about this with Alan Shipnuck in detail for about 45 minutes just before he got onto his flight to go to London and he got kicked out and he was on all over the tabloids in, in England. But, uh, you know, as far as a live product is concerned, it's not bad. So the, the product itself is, is not bad, but let's, let's not get into it and celebrate our Canadian Open a little bit more. St. George's Golf and Country Club, a beautiful Stanley Thompson design. You know, Alan Palmer, the GM, doing a great job. I used to work for his dad 20-some-odd years ago at Royal Montreal, following in his footsteps. Uh, that, that was really amazing to see. Golf Canada, of course, Corey Connors, another amazing story. You're talking about a 62. That's what he shot on Sunday. Uh, to to be the top Canadian and McElroy with his 21st PGA victory sticks it to Norman very nicely with a little punch saying that's one more than Norman's won on the PGA tour. You're segueing Michael, back to live, Raph. There goes again. There goes again. I just wanted to give kudos to your team, you know, and, and Bob Weeks and Adam Scully for doing such a fantastic job. We we hear about all the American golf analysts always talk about the game, but you guys did it justice. So thank, thank you, you for that. I'm going to throw it over to you, Mike, before I just go rambling on for a half hour. <laughs> well, you know, Raph is right. You guys uh, cover golf in general fantastically. You're a great representation for Canadian media. So thanks for the good work and keep it up. Uh, I've actually played a few holes with Bob Weeks a, a couple of years back at the Eagle's Nest uh, for some Asante tournament. And so, yeah, it was uh, good times. And uh, um, But, yeah, like, let's see, let's hear. But you guys were there on the ground. You, you got to participate, walk through the rink, which I thought was a great addition, like, like kind of like the uh, 
uh, tournament in Scottsdale, uh, but on a smaller scale, but it was loud. It, it, you know, tell, tell us what it, t- what it was like uh, being yeah, in the rink. I mean, it was awesome. Um, you know, we were talking about a little bit about this today. Like I think tournaments that get an identity of some kind always seem to do well mm-hmm. and, and, and fans gravitate. Now we as Canadians are automatically going to gravitate to our national championship, but I think that rink concept and what Lawrence Applebaum and golf Canada have been able to accomplish over the last couple of Canadian opens. If you go back, you know, say 2018, 2019, and now this one, I think other golf fans around North America are starting to gravitate to our national championship, which hasn't happened with the exception of Tiger's shot to Raphael's point in 2000, with the exception of that shot. I don't think that's happened since the eighties and seventies. Uh, I think the 90s is almost a lost decade on a, on a North American and global scale for our championship. And I really feel that starting to come back. You know, mm-hmm. at one point, you know, the Canadian Open was the fifth biggest golf tournament on the PGA Tour at one point. You know, right. I mean? it is right. the third. It is the third oldest. Third oldest. All. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel a lot of that coming back. And I feel a lot of that coming back because of the identity of, you know, things they've done like the rink. But I will say this, you know, when I took off my Golf Talk Canada hat this week and put on my PGA Tour radio hat and walked every hole, I was amazed at the, now I know I was with Rory, so so you got to take this with a grain of salt. And on Thursday and Friday, Rory's group was Justin Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, and uh, God, I forget the third in the group, but I also, but I remember the group front was the three Canadians, Mike Weir. Adam Hadwin and Mackenzie Hughes. So you had the two marquee groups back to back in the morning wave and then in the afternoon wave. Mm -hmm. And I could not believe the amount of bodies and spectators Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that were all the way out at the third green, fourth green, 13th green. You're talking middle of nowhere. So that, that, that environment at the rink in 18 is off the charts at 16 and 18. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, it, the galleries were like that with those groups all week at all parts of the golf course. I was absolutely shocked. I, I anticipated it at 16 and 18 because we kind of all knew what was coming. You saw the grandstands earlier in the week. You go, okay, well, they ain't bring, they ain't building this, these grandstands so they could be empty, right? Yeah. You know that. Well the, well, the weather couldn't have been any better. And I saw you up on the hill a few times or walking uh, side by side, maybe a few times with uh, John oh, Cook. And, you know, I, I almost saw you fall over a couple of times when he was making those birdies, right? When he made a birdie, you're jumping out of your shoes. Like well, you were so excited. And it was so nice to see. I kind of looked over at you and gave you a thumbs up because I thought it was so incredible to be enthusiastic and and to be so into the game and to feel it from the crowd because you're just feeding off the energy of everybody just losing it. And to to a point is, I just wanted to mention all those Canadians that came out were cheering and got to know our Canadians through the rink. They got introduced properly. People got to know them. You know, now people, not only Connors, but even someone like Jared Dutois, who was playing, we had him on the cast earlier, who's played well and who's been, you know, grinding it out on tour and played over at Torrey Pines this year. Got a chance to play, didn't make the cut, but, you know, these names are getting to be known and that shows the growth in the game with our youth. 
100 percent that aaron cockrell 40th on the dp world tour so many people on this side of the pond don't know that we've got a canadian playing on the dp world tour and playing yeah. quite well so there's a lot of that but i mean it's hard not to get caught up in the excitement out there you guys were out there i couldn't go to bed last night i i came home i was absolutely exhausted from the week but i was also wired you know mm -hmm. i was just I, I just could not come down from the energy uh, and that's all due to obviously these great performers that put on an amazing show and, and the fans that were out there walking with them. It, it was absolutely exceptional. It's a hard bar now, guys. Yeah. I mean, the, key, the bar keeps raising. We're going to go to what? Oakdale next year. They're going to use a composite golf course of the 27 holes they have uh, to come up with 18. Certainly going to have a little bit more wiggle room when it comes to maneuvering around that golf course. Corporate hospitality, spectators, golf carts, etc. TV compound, uh, but man, the bar is high. So uh, you know, I said to Rory immediately on the 18th green. I was just waiting beside Amanda. CBS gets to go first. We get to go second. Yeah, I saw that. So I was waiting for Amanda. I, I spoke to Rory, and the last thing I said to him was, "All right." See you here next year for the three, Pete, in Toronto. He just laughed. He says, let's hope so. So, you know, here we go. With his name attached as defending. No one's ever done that, right? No one's done the three, Pete. No, not at all. So it's going to be fun. And with his name attached to this trophy, I expect next year's field to look just as good, if not better. I think so. And I like its place in the schedule. Right before the U.S. Open, uh, it's conveniently located for, for this year's U.S. Open venue. I feel that helped draw good players. And because, you know, the, the Canadian Open has had an inconsistent schedule over the years. So it's nice to see it. And I hope it stays in this position in the PGA Tour calendar. Yeah, 100%. Like, what a win. I think down the road, we probably we're, we're certainly not going to see it in the next couple of year, years because we know where we're going. But mm -hmm. I also have heard that down the road, uh, on occasion, when the U.S. Open is West Coast, not next year for L.A., but maybe the next time it goes back to Pebble or the next time we see it at Torrey Pines, we might see the RBC Canadian Open on the West Coast out in British Columbia, which would be ideal because they align could align it with the U.S. Open. Yeah. To guarantee the strength of field uh i think uh it's a big win the week before the u.s open is a no-brainer for us u.s opens on the eastern seaboard we've got it in the southern uh, ontario region mainly toronto and when it goes to california those great courses we push the canadian open out to uh, to shaughnessy or another wonderful facility mm -hmm. in bc and i think to your point i mean it's so many guys now to not go in the Tiger route, right? Tiger typically only played the week before a, a major, uh, when, unless it was the PGA, because he yeah. loved he loved the WGC, WGC at Bridgestone, right? He won yeah. it eight times at Firestone, and it was the week before the PGA. Other than that, he never played the week before the Masters. He never played right. the, these this new crop of younger guys rory jt scotty shuffler they're saying mm, you know what i like to play i don't want to come into a major without my competitive game in check i want yeah. to play for a major i i'm with you i love this spot on the schedule yeah no it's good and, and you know it's funny you mentioned it coming to the west coast because you know i talked about this with bob weeks at that tournament and uh, i asked him because you know who else would know more about golf in Canada than Bob? 
Uh, and he indicated that RBC likes it in the greater Toronto area. It's profitable uh, when they operate in the West Coast. Uh, they lose money. 100%. So, so <clears throat> as much, you know, I want it out here because I, I live like, you know, five minutes from Shaughnessy or maybe 15. But um, uh, I think coinciding with the Pebble Beach venue might help them draw the players that that, that bring profits because um, that's that dictates a lot of things in life. So, uh, I think what happens there, to your point, it's an economic decision, okay? Yes. But I also think that RBC knows through their conversations with Golf Canada that keeping it in Toronto when the U.S. opens on the West Coast and having a bad field in Toronto because of it is also not, not going to be an economic success. Yes, so good point. There has been a stress model when it moves West. You increase your percentages, to be the week before the U.S. Open. They never had it out west the week before U.S. Open on this schedule before. They only had it out there when we had our bad spot after the Open Championship. That's right. Already behind the eight ball. I think this time around, to your point, on this schedule, really changes the possibilities for the West Coast. I think if the U.S. Open is at Chambers Bay, Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines, etc., I think you could have a very successful RBC uh, at yeah. Shaughnessy. You've got one to two hour flight from Vancouver down to those venues, and uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. It'd be great to see it back at Shaughnessy. It was a, a solid test of golf in the past. Um, you know, I, I don't know what other course out here they could choose from to, 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 to be a great house venue. Shaughnessy is a bit limited in terms of space, you know, for, for corporate and, and all of that, but, uh, is, it, it is arguably the best golf course out here for this type of championship. And guys, if you're just uh, joining us, we're with Mark Skino from Golf Talk Canada, TSM Golf and PGA Tour Radio, uh, really quickly. So we could just pivot because I know you're limited on your time. I love the fact that it is at Oakdale. Bob Boschman is the director of golf there, started the Canadian tour, and he's my long-term mentor, so a shout-out to him. But just to flip this over to Brooke Henderson, so she's not overlooked for 11th LPGA wow. victory. It is incredible what she's accomplished over the last couple of years. And so let's give her kudos. Let's talk about her and her game your thoughts on her game and where she might be going in the next year or two. Well, you know, it's unfortunate that I didn't, I didn't get to see any of it. I was watching highlights last night because we're drowning in the Canadian open, but we've been waiting all year for her to kind of put it together all four days. And I, and, you know, I don't want to call it a slump, but a year for a player of her caliber, it is a slump. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, she's already risen the bar at such a young age you got to call it for what it is. I think, you know, we were all concerned about the driver rules. She grew, you know, she's grown up playing this, you know, 48 inch extra long driver, her entire career, her entire competitive amateur career, choking down on it, turning it into a 46 inch driver. I always kind of felt like, and maybe you guys have an opinion on this. I never really thought it would affect her distance because she was never using all 48 inches. She was always using it as a 48 inch. 46 inch shaft. I never thought it would affect her distance. I thought it might affect just the way she swings it. It's going to feel different. The, the, the counterbalancing of it is going right. to So I thought, I assumed, I know she's a ping, a ping ambassador, a ping staff player. I, I just said, they've got to be over the winter and whatnot. 
experimenting with counterbalance shafts at 46 inches, all these kind of things. You look at the numbers, I think she's averaging like 1.8 yards less this year than last year. So obviously it hasn't affected her. Uh, the you know the putter woke up. She went to a cross-handed putter uh, style this week, so she went left-hand low and stuck with it for four rounds. We've seen her toy with it before, but she was kind of in and out. She's mm. committed to it. Good for her, man. Wow, amazing. Eleven wins. Right on. And, and you guys know the LPGA Tour with five majors and a big summer ahead of them and stuff. I mean. You still got time to make this a really good year for her, and 100%. and it's it's growing. They're getting more coverage. There's a ten million dollar purse uh, at the U.S. Open that just went they went through, which is the largest not only purse in women's sport, but but women's golf as well, obviously. And so, uh, so we're thrilled about that. Again, I can't emphasize how proud of I, I am of our Canadians. You mentioned Aaron Cockrell. He made the cut. He shot one under a T forty eight. It's a big deal in his, you know, in his run for trying to get on tour. Beautiful that they, Mike Weir got a sponsor's exemption, obviously, to show up. And so many fans, there's sort of the older crowd following him. It's unfortunate he missed the cut. But Sloan, McDonald played as well. Uh, Hearn, uh, Dutrois, we meant Ewert. Ewert, uh, yep. we, yeah. you know, we haven't seen that name in a while. So Creighton and even Wes Heffernan, who was a big deal uh, years back, uh, uh, played fairly well and shot six over. So great group of Canadians. And it's nice to see because otherwise we won't be able to see these guys play on a day-to-day basis. No, and, and AJ uh, is going back for his senior year, you know, just after winning the Jack Nicholas trophy uh, a week ago uh, at Memorial, he's decided to go back and finish his college career and is going to go back and try to just keep compiling the wins. And I was speaking to his dad on the grounds at, uh, at uh, St. George's and it's just, Hey, we, I agree with this father where we both had the same attitude, kind of look at it like Tiger Woods versus Michelle. We Tiger Woods dominated at every level winning breeds winning. By the time you get to the PGA tour, you expect to win. And, and, you know, Michelle, we, she put the cart in front of the horse comes out at 14 years old. Not only is trying to play LPGA, she's trying to play Sony open against the men Never right. got, you know, never got in the habit of winning. Making yeah. it to Saturday became a success story for her. Not winning seven times in the season. That's right. So, so I like what AJ's doing. I love the fact he's going back and he's going to keep piling up the victories and learning to be under par and learning to be comfortable with shooting scores under par. I think when he goes professional, he's going to be prepared for it. I, I think it's a great plan. Yeah, and I agree with you and. Uh, there's a big weekend for women's golf in general, like the DP world tour. We had Lynn Grant, you know, whip the field by nine strokes, right? Like that's, that's pretty impressive golf. Uh, uh, so over, uh, overall, like, you know, women's golf is trending and, and, uh, uh, love to see it keep going in the right direction, bigger purses and all that. It, it's, it's, it's inching along. Uh, so, but there's, there's headway. I think the one thing that would really help the ladies game, and I love your guys. I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on this because it's something I've been – I talk about it with my friends a lot, just that I play casual golf with. And we're all, we're all big women's tennis fans, or we were. You know, obviously mm-hmm. Serena and, and, and Venus were amazing to watch. But even further back, I remember as a kid, I used to love watching uh, Navratilova and Everett and mm-hmm. Steffi Graf 
Uh, I mean, women's tennis was always awesome. And I always said to my, yeah, we're in that, we're in that age bracket. <laughs> <laughs> so I always say to my buddies, the one thing that tennis did so much better than golf, if you want to talk, talk about equalization of money and attention and media rights and television audience and yada, yada, yada. There was never men's Wimbledon and women's uh, Wimbledon three weeks apart. Yeah. Wimbledon. It was a fortnight at Wimbledon and we did men's, we did ladies, we did doubles, we did mixed doubles. We did. Yeah. Right. Yep. I've, I've been talking about this, Mike, all year. Yeah. I, I've yeah, been we've... talking about let's get the majors and get everyone together. Let's the get the US two Open, tours together. Male, female, it would be There's wonderful. lots of courses out there with two to three courses, even four courses, or it could just be across the street where it's convenient for people to, you know, enjoy and mingle and, and be part of like a weak environment of the U.S. Open. Or a couple of years ago, an experiment at Piners, and it was one of the most successful. Yes, it was. Ever. We never saw it again. Yeah, that's right. I thought of this. I, I thought it would be very cool. You know, we, we, we have the Augusta national women's amateur now. So we get to see these high profile amateur women play Augusta national the weekend for one round, uh, the week, pro, the week leading into Augusta. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, a few years ago, the PGA tour and the LPGA tour uh, spoke of, of aligning from a marketing standpoint and trying to do some things together and they've done a couple things here or there, but nothing big yet. And I thought, how great would it be the week after the Players' Championship if we had an LPGA Tour Players' Championship yeah. right at CPC Sawgrass and we got to see the greatest women in the world go right after the men on, the, on you know, golf's greatest made-for-TV stadium golf course. I mean, that would be a significant investment from you know the men's side of the game and the LPGA tour to do something together, I think that would be a monster home run. It would LP be, and logistically, you already have the cameras and the TV crews; they're there. So yeah. just stay for one more week, uh, capture a women's event. I think it would uh, it would help grow the women's game, grow the investment, uh, so their purses can get uh, you know larger. Because uh, you know there's some really good players out there. Uh, that that just get lost in the mix, right? There's so much golf on TV now uh, that um, you know people don't have the time to to watch uh, 12 hours a day of coverage because you really can get lost in it between uh, you know all the different tours. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have people tweet me. I'm sure you guys get it all the time too. Like, why isn't the golf on? Where is it? I'm like, <laughs> it's on somewhere. You just yeah. subscribe to everything, and you'll get. Yeah. It. <laughs> that's right oh, exactly that's right. you know for 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 what it's worth uh mark i, I know that the pga is going to grow a lot more just because there is competition there is some good that's going to come out of this because their graphics their pace of showing the event being easily accessible on youtube so it brings out a more diverse audience uh letting in people for free uh that certainly helps in certain markets and uh, so there's things that they might learn uh, because we've complained about how coverage can be boring. Mm -hmm. I can't uh, emphasize how many times my father has fallen asleep on a Sunday when he seemed to be <laughs> into the game. <laughs> right? I've fallen asleep sometimes. Right. Get, so, uh, 
Go on. And also to your all to also to your point, Mark, you talked about getting to know the players and putting them together, uh, the LPGA and the PGA as an event. Uh, also doing player profiles, even if they're 10 seconds long, getting to know all the players. Then we would know who Choi is and Davidson and Travail and Suklich and Leonard, even our Canadians. If you did these 10-second profiles, do a little video story on them, uh, jump back and forth a little bit more, do quad windows uh, with, with stats rolling back and forth. These things make it a little bit, little bit more compelling for the growing millennial crowd and the and the new uh, Zetters that are getting into the game. I think uh, we might start seeing some of that down the road. Just mainly, there's just so much golf, and you know you have a choice when you when you produce anything, whether it's what you guys are doing on this podcast, what we do at Golf Talk Canada. That's why I started Golf Talk Canada to be bluntly honest with you. Is, you know, you can either be better than, less than, or different than. Well, it's really hard to be better than because mm -hmm. everywhere in the world, there's somebody bigger, stronger, faster, and usually can throw more money at it. And no one wants to be less than, but we can all try to choose to be different than. So to mm -hmm. your some of these PJ Tour Live, ESPN Plus, Golf TV, uh, live at Amen Corner, uh, feature group coverage, etc. I think that could be a real tool to, to try to do some of the things you're do, suggesting. Experiment with some different things. Try it a different way. Uh, the way you try things at the Corn Ferry Tour level before they get to the PGA Tour level, etc. Before oh, well, Mark, to do that, I, I, I've, got, I've got three screens up. Right. To, to be able to do that. I got my ESPN. I've got sometimes my TSN. Then I've got right. the, the live coverage and the rich just to be able to get a, a, a good understanding of what's going on live. So I think and, we're headed there. But you especially know, the betting world, right? With the in our sport, I mean, we are a slow moving vehicle in terms of tra tra tradition into innovation and mm -hmm. Probably in the last 20 years, we've seen more than we had in the previous 70. You know, look yeah. at what, don't you remember waiting for the back nine at Augusta? Yeah. I, that was the most ridiculous thing of all time, waiting for the back nine at Augusta. I remember, I didn't even know what the first couple of holes looked like until I yeah. think in my 20s. <laughs> you didn't even know they had names for a yeah. while, right? <laughs> and now, in, in this country in particular, in this country, we have more coverage than any other country in the world. You know, yeah. we're one of the few countries in the world that get to digital feeds and actually run them on cable television on top of the digital platforms before yeah. we go to network coverage. And to your point, people are interacting with their master's iPad uh, app, and that's engaging with their their four or five digital streams, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, you know, that's happened in a very short window of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go back 10 years and none of this existed. So yeah, a lot no, especially, especially right. with the betting, right? With the betting, yeah. now, that's been the game changer. And that's why the PGA Tour is going to be putting fiber optic cabling throughout most of these venues, returning venues. They're going to be doing some nice stuff. I think the Players' Championship is going to be the flagship golf course and event for the PGA tour uh, to innovate, create uh, better purses and uh, a better crowd experience altogether. I know you're running slow on time where we're kind of dragging it out. I know oh, you yeah. have 15, 20 minutes, brother, uh, but it, you know, to pick your brain is, is uh, it's, 
tough to get a hand of uh, hold of you sometimes. <laughs> Trust me, my wife says the same thing. What continent are we on this week, right? So, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I- enjoy the U.S. Open. Uh, we've got a good good stretch here still, right? We forget we still got what U.S. Open, Open, FedEx Cup, uh, Prize oh, yeah. Cup. I mean, we're not even close to be. Hey, throw me throw throw me three picks, two or three picks for the U.S. Open. Uh, I think this. Is, I think it's wide open. Uh, yeah. We a lot about Brookline. We haven't seen it since the Ryder Cup in '99, and they've done a lot of changes. The one thing that I do know about this golf course that leaped out of the page at me is the greens are smaller than any other U.S. Open venue with the exception of Pebble Beach. So we're talking about 4,500 square foot greens versus 6,000 square foot greens. So I'm thinking this might get down to a greens and regulation contest. So mm-hmm. I, I poked around at some of the guys who are leading the, the PGA Tour and greens and regulation, strokes gained approach. And then I took that and I went, okay, out of this crop of guys, who lead in this category, who are playing well right now. So I threw out the Morikawas, who I love. I pushed aside John Rahm, who I love, because I just don't think they're out of their game right now. And I, the names that leaped out at me were Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, and Will Zalatoris. Uh, so for me right now, if you're asking me for three names, that's kind of where I'm going. Wouldn't surprise me if Rory kept on a hot streak and played well, not at all. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Scotty Scheffler kept playing well. That's all he's done all year. But uh, for three picks, all three of those guys right now seem to be really solid iron players. And that's I think that's going to come to the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. Solid iron players. Yeah, three Mark, solid thanks. picks. Solid, solid. Thanks for coming and joining us, brother. Hopefully you'll come on once again. Uh, if you want to listen to Mark Zucchino... Check them out at Golf Talk Canada, TSN Golf, PGA Tour Golf Live. And uh, thanks for coming on. Take care, boys. Have a great day. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. So we'll stay on for a little bit longer just to wrap things up, Mike. Yeah. uh, Like we said, a lot of golf this week. We, we, we flirted with the live tour a bit with Mark. Um, you know, I wanted to get a little more out of him on that, but, uh, he, the guy's been working his tail off the last yeah. week, so he needs a break. Um, let me just say that it was better than I expected it to be. I had low expectations on a production level and they surpassed what I had in mind. I, I thought the uh, broadcast worked very well on YouTube. First couple mornings I watched it on my computer while making coffee out here in the west coast it came on early so uh, i enjoyed it for a while while i was uh, preparing breakfast and coffee and and whatnot so saturday morning i put it on my tv and the broadcast was uh was was pretty pretty good you know pretty good i I enjoyed it gotta say the golf did get a little bit boring to me at a certain point um but there were some components with the team aspect that, that did keep you uh, interested. And, and there was more positives than, than negatives, uh, uh, you know, in my opinion, this week. Um, the elephant in the room, definitely Phil Mickelson, you know, Alan Shipnuck getting thrown out of the press conference. Uh, you know, that, that was uh, uh, pretty shocking, actually, to see that. Uh, it really surprised that happened. But to Alan's credit, he goes out there and writes uh, some honest feedback, which was quite positive, complimented the food, um, 
and he had he had a lot of compliments uh, out of the event, um, which uh, based on being thrown out of a press conference, you think he might come at it a bit more scathing, but uh, it's very complimentary. Um, so so we'll see. There's seven more of them this year. They're going to happen. Uh, I think that after the U.S. Open, we're going to see a few more players commit to going to play the Live Tour. Uh, so yeah, let's let's see how this unfolds. What what do you think, Raph? I don't know where to begin. Uh, we're looking at a purse that's $4.375 million. And that's pretty compelling, Mike. Uh, the guy coming out of last place is making a hundred plus thousand dollars. Who knows if he had an appearance fee or not. It just amazes me. Now, if we look at the Canadian open, uh, what are the guys making? 1.566 million for Rory. Now I know Rory's not talking about money, but uh, money really uh, helps. Most of the guys they got are in their 40s. Their careers That's are right. not going any further. Uh, they feel like it's a comfort thing uh, where they can take care of their families and have more time with a schedule of eight tournaments plus the majors, or maybe next year, 10 to 15 tournaments plus the majors. They're not looking at 25 tournaments and grinding to try to yeah. make their cards. So uh, there's a lot to be said about the money side. You know, a lot of these guys don't want to get political. There's a lot of sports and, and I'm not condoning uh, live investments for where the money comes from. I'm just saying from a sports and business perspective for the guys who, who knows how long their careers are, right? Who knows well, how long they're going to be playing for? Uh, Pat Perez, obviously is one of the newer players to commit to the tour he's mentioned that he's got he travels for 33 weeks out of the year uh playing the live tour allows him to maybe travel for eight, eight or 15 weeks you know that we don't know what the full schedule is going to look like next year uh this year's looking like a pilot project but he, he's also another one of those guys i believe he's 47 at the moment so he he's already looking down the road a champions tour so he 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 you know, he's won three times on PGA Tour over 22 years, I believe. I could be yeah. wrong on that. Someone will call me out. Um, so he's, he's, he's going to go try and cash in. It makes sense, right? He, I don't know what his total money earning is, but uh, he's been out there a long time. And it makes sense for these older uh, guys in the twilight of their PGA Tour career to go out because they're not going to make that much money in the Champions Tour, um, you know, although that is a great retirement plan for them. Uh, so, so again, it, it's, it's a risk. They're going to go and try to play these live events, make some cash. And, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see how Pat Perez continues to talk to this because he's probably the most honest golfer out there. Yeah. You know, he, he, he throws it right there on the table and, uh, uh, doesn't hold back. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in the press conferences. Um, cause if we're going to get an honest comment, he's the one who's going to say it. You know, well, they got a cast of characters, didn't they? They got Patrick Reed. They got Bryson DeChambeau. They got Pat Perez. If you're going to make a miniseries on golf, these are the guys you're going to hire to play as actors. There's, sure. You know, they're, they're uh, intriguing. They're interesting to talk to. They're going to, there's going to be theatrics and it's going to be a different kind of golf. You know, like I mentioned earlier to Mark Zucchino and you, um, I also watched it on YouTube. I almost didn't want it to be successful, to tell you the truth, you know, getting all our players back, you know, but it's an interesting concept. The graphics were amazing. The pace was great. And, get it, mm -hmm. and again, I'm a huge fan of the PGA Tour. It's all I've known and watched. Yep. But it's nice to see another product out there. It's going to 
elevate the game. It's really interesting to see. And uh, ju just a quick break here. I just want to thank our new uh, sponsors and partnership with ARR Golf out of France, uh, the, uh, Jupiter, Florida, and in Canada. It's a great product that's going to be available now in Canada, BC, Alberta, Ontario, and the rest of Canada. They make a high-end custom line of clubs, putters, bags. They have accessories. Our golf uh, is uh, coming to a store or a club fitter near you. So we're thrilled about this high-end line of, of clubs uh, sponsored by, they sponsor many tour players. And uh, we'll have Tim Petrovic on in the next couple of weeks talking about how he uses it, him being one of the best putters on the Champions Tour.